Hello, welcome to Three Sports Rankers, the podcast where we create perfect podiums across a range of sporting topics. My name is Sam Barker, and as always, I'm joined by my fellow rankers, Rob and Callum. How are we this week, boys? No better off the topic you set us. <laughs> yeah, it, well, you say that the topic I set you, it was it was partially me and uh, partially two of our listeners, John Spinks and, and Nick Wright, because the topic this week is most iconic sports stadium or venues because it's the start of our listener topics but it sounds like you guys have not particularly enjoyed this one Callum um no I'm not I'm, I'm, no I've not particularly enjoyed it um and I think the reason is because you've kind of got to whittle it down to sort of one venue per sport and then decide out of those which is the most iconic or at least that's what I did I mean king of parameters over here I think that's probably the way to do it. I don't know if you did the same thing, Rob, but it was just—it was just kind of trying to think of the most iconic places in sport, and you—you you have sort of moments and images that pop up in your head, and that you realise more or less they're all from completely different places. You know the gif of the panda like having a hissy fit in the office and just like smashing the computer out yeah. of the way. And stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of a, a an appropriate representation of my approach to this topic this week. And part of that might be down to a, a quite a stressful working week, which hasn't left me, left me much time to prep. But also I'd probably go as far as saying this is the most difficult topic to whittle down to just three. I've had to put more work in for others, but to actually whittle this down to three was extremely difficult to the point where I actually don't have three, I have four, and I'm still undecided on you my just, final Are you making, making a decision as soon as Sam asks? Possibly. I, I was hoping that maybe I the mean, pressure might force me into a decision or maybe I could maybe have an extra 10 minutes to, to think while Callum gives his first answer. Either I think that or. means Rob's probably given his answer first. Uh, I, think I, um, I, either I, I, think, I think I'll be the judge of that, but it does seem very likely. <laughs> Yeah, do you know, it was funny, Callum, because you messaged me yesterday saying, I just want to clarify, is it stadiums or venue? And I said, no, 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 the listeners have said it's both. It's it's most iconic sports stadium or venue, which I don't think helps at all because... No, it really doesn't. I don't, I'm very excited to see where you guys go with this. I really am. Um, quick scores on the doors before we begin. Uh, Callum, with his six-point haul last week, up to uh, 11 points... Still last, but the comeback is on. Uh, Rob on 15 and myself on 17, but obviously I cannot score any points this week. So, boys, it's all to play for. We could, and, and I think probably should, have a, a new leader by the end of today's episode. This is It's exciting as we or head a joint into leader. three. Or a joint leader. A joint leader. It could be. I mean, Rob, you'll probably be the new leader by the end of today, knowing Callum's track record, but we shall see. <laughs> We shall see. I mean, you... I love how you said the comeback is on with such optimism. Even Callum kind of scoffed at that. Well, look, you know, you know, he's the people's champion, and I want to try and uh, get some of the love from his uh, his his. I crowd don't think of I fans. ever said that the comeback was on. I don't think I don't think those words ever came out of my mouth. Pe- I think the I res- people believe. The people I think I resigned myself important. to third place after episode two. But here we go. Right, I'll tell you what then, we're going to get going. And and because Rob made his honest assessment beforehand, we are absolutely going to start with him. Rob, <laughs> Rob, staying, no, staying, true to, staying true to yourself, what is your bronze choice for the most iconic sports stadium 
or venue? I'm going to go for Augusta. Augusta is coming in at three. Okay. Okay. Talk Why? to me. Yeah. You don't sound that confident in your own choice, is, is my honest assessment so far. No, to be honest, it's not It's not that. It's the fact that it was really difficult to pick between two. I think I've gone for Augusta because it is so different and stands alone in the golfing tour and in the golfing world. So it's cropped up before. Um, how Where did it crop up before? I feel like maybe greatest annual tour yeah. of the Masters. Yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah. You know, and we spoke then about how it was, you know, the only the only major in golf to retain its course played over and over, but is still so formidable um, to the players that, that turn up every year. Obviously you've got the tradition and the kind of grandeur of the green jacket and everything that encompasses Augusta. You've kind of got as part of it, one of the most iconic holes in golf in the 12th, the golden bell. So I think it's kind of got multiple layers. It's kind of got the history. It's got the intrigue. It's got the difficulty. It's got the tradition. And then it's just absolutely beautiful as well to look at, which really helps, uh, in my opinion, because that's the other thing. Going through and, and doing this research this week, I was just like, I want to stop what I'm doing and spend all my money touring the world and looking at all the pretty sporting venues in the world. That is what I want to do with my life. Also, so I appreciate that the, the major top, top golf courses in the world are pretty prestigious, but there's like a, don't you, Callum might agree with this, there's kind of an untouchable feel to Augusta. You can't play it, even if you've got all the money in the world. You've got to be a member. Um, I think there's only 300 members at Augusta. Yeah, you're just not going to be stepping on that on that hallowed grass anytime soon. And I was thinking about trying to really think about iconic and why is it iconic? And I can't, I think I've settled on Augusta because it's just, it's got, it's kind of multifaceted and in the world of golf, I think everyone just pauses and takes note when Augusta's on the telly. And although you could kind of potentially argue about St. Andrews being the oldest kind of the home of golf, I think, I think Augusta's kind of trumped it. I think it's kind of superseded it personally, in my opinion. Augusta, it's my bronze. I think and that was never going to go anywhere else. There's the confidence we wanted at the start of that answer. <laughs> Much better towards the end. Um, I, you are right, Rob, in terms of sort of, if you say to anyone, name a golf course, Augusta's going to come up more than any other course by, by a country mile globally. Um, it, it is a beautiful course. I am exactly the same as you. I would give anything to play around at Augusta. It would be... The worst round Augusta has ever seen. I'm thinking way, like, I'd be so amazed if I shot under 135. I'd be stunned if I managed <laughs> to do that. But yeah, it's, do you know what? It, for, for, for someone who looked like you were going to say, like, I, I won't disrespect any grounds or venues or anything, but you, you looked so uncomfortable at the start of that and, and, and you, you really clawed that one back. I'm, it's a good start in the end. Callum, what is your... Uh, what is going up against Augusta? Going up against Augusta uh, for my bronze is the Monaco Grand Prix circuit. Oh, oh, because oh. in one of the sort of most opulent sports in the world, they've got a race in one of the most opulent places in the world. And it has sort of the prestige and everything that goes along with the Monaco Grand Prix. You know, you get the famous people 
docking their yachts in the harbour and watching from harbour sides, you know, sitting by their private swimming pools atop their yachts, watching these million million pound cars racing at speeds. You know, it's it's different from any other circuit on the calendar in that it is the only one which is below the 190 mile minimum limit um on the entire on this on the circuit um and it's just you know it's 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 a special special place and i think the reason that i've i've put it in here is because you know rob's argument about augusta was that it's so sort of prestigious that no one's allowed to play there my argument for monaco is the complete opposite you can go there in your car and drive the circuit if you want to and i mean you can't drive it perfectly because you can't go on the opposite side of the road but you can drive you can drive it perfectly. I was say, we, sh- we shouldn't famous... advocate trying to uh drive it like a formula one driver at this stage we'd so you know drive I wasn't it within... recreate it i was just yeah. saying you can drive the roads but um, you know, you've got the you've got the um, the famous hairpin turn, and it's just it, it's the and the tunnel, and just everything everything about the Monaco Grand Prix screams opulence, and it's the it's the most famous one on the F1 calendar. I think Nelson Piquet said that every every win at every win at Monaco is worth two anywhere else. That's how highly the drivers regard it, and I think it's just. You know, it's just a, a beautiful, beautiful place and a beautiful, beautiful um, circuit as well. Interestingly, this debate cropped up in the office the other day about Monaco, because obviously F1's kind of coming back and it's kind of getting into its stride now. And the argument was made, and I must say, I, I can, was completely convinced that Monaco is the fans' track, but the most iconic track for the drivers themselves is either Spa or Monza. It's not Monaco. We're not being asked about they... the drivers, though. No, 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 no. But in terms of the sport itself, you know, I think Augusta has fans and golfers' appeal. This is the only one that's been on the on the circuit every year since about 1960. Every almost every other one, apart from the Italian Grand Prix, has changed where it's been held. The 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 Monaco Grand Prix has remained in the exact same place, although you know the track has changed marginally in that time but it has remained more or less the same the entire way through and it's always always been on the been on the f1 circuit yeah i mean the argument that was made was that like spars the historical like center of formula one and like and motorsport racing like back to the 20s and monaco is i suppose this comes down to iconic again and it's kind of it's not necessarily greatest but it was interesting this person who knew far more about Formula One than I did was saying that, you know, Monaco is the one you think about with the grandeur and the glitz and the glamour, kind of like, kind of in a, like a Las Vegasy type feel. Well, I think, but, I think, yeah, I when... was, I must say, I was really, I was really taken back by kind of the, the passion in which they viewed, like, like I said, either Spa or Monza as arguably the greater tracks in the Well, sport. that's the thing. You can, like, if you're, if you're seriously, seriously invested in the sport, you can argue that, you know, you've got any favourite circuit, but for anyone with a passing interest, the one track that they'll be able to name more often than not will be Monaco because of how iconic it is. And, you know, all the, like you say, the glitz and the glam that goes along with it. One thing is for sure, I didn't think Nelson Piquet was going to get a name drop during this episode. I, I love and hate that answer simultaneously. I love it because 
you're absolutely spot on. It is the most iconic Formula One track. I'm sorry, Rob, I, I don't really care what Formula One experts have to think as far as the majority of fans go. <laughs> I've played various Formula One games enough over the years that I can pretty much, on a games console, drive that track blindfolded now. I absolutely love it. And irritatingly, what you've done with these bronze choices is you've both picked my joint favourite annual sports events so the Masters and the Monaco <laughs> Grand Prix. Um, I wasn't expecting either of them to come up just because in my head, stadium or venue, it, they weren't there, but they're both there. They both deserve to be there. Um, and really, you've given me a hideous decision that I absolutely don't want to make. Um, so I'm going to move swiftly on to silver while I think about it. Um, and Callum, I'm going to go to you for silver first. Okay, my uh, silver choice. Oh. Uh, you will probably be quite pleased to hear is the All England Lawn Tennis and Croquet Club or Wimbledon as it's better known once again Wimbledon weaseling its way into my I was going to say Callum is this tennis answers two weeks in a row are you feeling okay have you are you coming down with something are you all right tennis answers centered around Wimbledon as well two weeks in a row I feel a little bit faint if I'm being completely honest Three seasons um, in, he's finally clocking out a win points on this podcast. But again, it's just, you know, if you think of tennis, I I, I would never think of the Australian Open. I would never think of the US Open because, you know, I would, don't quote me on this, but 60% of the tour is played on hard court. I don't think, you know, hard court's pretty much the same wherever you go. Grass court, tennis is centered around Wimbledon same way that clay court tennis is centered around Roland Garros but you know I think grass court tennis is very much more in our minds because just because we live in the UK and that's where Wimbledon is but you know it's it's again the the sort of prestige of the of of the of the club and you know the royal box and everything that surrounds Wimbledon you know the the history Henman Hill or Murray Mount or whatever you want to call it Rosetsky Ridge if you really want to push it it's a constant every single year for two weeks. It's just in, it's always there. It's always on. And it's kind of something you can set your clock by. Wimbledon will be there. It will be, you know, a prestigious event. Everyone has to wear white because, you know, they don't change the rules for anyone. I think it's the most iconic venue in tennis. As big a sport as tennis is, as much as it pains me to say it, it probably has to be on the podium just for that. It's, it's just an iconic venue not much more to say about it than that yeah i mean I, I i feel like you're sort of you're preaching to the choir with 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 everything there i don't know how you feel rob i completely agree with everything uh everything callum said is my, my question for you though i guess rob would be has wimbledon made your podium silver silver oh it's a wimbledon loving I'll let you take this one then, Rob. For, for a self-professed tennis hater, I thought you did a magnificent job. <laughs> Semi-professional tennis hater. <laughs> when are you turning I think pro? It's, um, yeah, I think grass has got a special place, isn't it, on the on, in the tennis world. Uh, the tradition of it, it, it kind of takes it back to its historic roots, doesn't it, as a sport. What I found with this, you know, when trying to look through all the stadiums is, is trying to think outside the, the British bubble and how it would pull in interest from around the world. And tennis is such a global sport. And with Wimbledon being the pinnacle of tennis, and you've got competitors from around the globe, I think it's going to 
cut through in so many countries in the way that other venues aren't necessarily going to do. You know, both our bronze dancers, for example, like Augusta, Golf, Monaco, Formula One, that's not necessarily going to cut through massively in, let's just say, like sub-Saharan Africa or, you know, Africa as a continent, for example. But, you know, when I do work for the BBC World Service, tennis is still one of the massive biggest draws. And when we have Wimbledon, the interest is huge. So that's what really did it for me. Um, And, you know, I think you get a little bit of a kind of cultural experience along the way, don't you? Epic and unbridled Britishness. Pins and strawberries <laughs> and cream. It is, yeah. I mean, iconic is 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 the perfect word for it. I'm I'm looking at this list. Firstly, thank you for not making the silver decision as hard as the bronze, because I'm still really suffering uh, trying to figure out that bronze. So far, I've got nowhere. So um, you'll be you'll be you'll be pleased to know. I'm really struggling to see what gold's going to be, and I'm very excited. And I would like to know Rob's gold choice first. I've gone for Wembley, but both iterations. Ooh. Mm. That's well, two what? different venues. Uh, do you know what? No, I'll, no, I'll, no I'll, Wembley. I'll, I'll allow it as the two different venues. I, I don't have an issue with that. Um, I don't know. Hit, hit me with your argument. Don't say what you have an issue with. Yeah. No, hit don't me with your arguments. You we'll, yeah. um, let, let Rob argue it. Yeah, we'll, we'll see where we're at after your reasons. You've got the old form, which historically the home of football, hosted the 1923 first FA Cup final, 1966 World Cup final, 1948 Olympic Games. We mustn't forget all these things that are kind of back in generations that don't really kind of touch on our psyche. Huge rugby league finals, Challenge Cup finals again, that that we wouldn't have really been aware of in the kind of 50s and 60s. Live Aid, no, it's not sport but it's iconic. Um, it was kind of a bit of a... So the, uh, can you visualise it now, the, the two old classic towers? It was kind of a beacon of the British Empire at the time. Like, that was how it was built. And it was actually called, like, the British Empire Stadium when it was originally built and it was being constructed and it slowly got turned into Wembley. It had that, like, role in British history as, like, the venue the stadium and when it was announced that it was going to be demolished and rebuilt in 2002 there was all this kind of uproar it was again probably might have been a little bit too young does anyone remember it the kind of the vaguely but not not clearly there was like massive uproar that it was going to be that it's like sacrosanct and you can't demolish Wembley Stadium and then literally when it was built that all that just went away instantly because it's such a marvel of engineering and it's like an architectural epic and it's turned itself into this new modern stadium which despite being built like in the early noughties still is like looks state-of-the-art and people kind of quickly change their minds on on it it seats 90,000 people the largest in England the second largest in Europe and this kind of masterpiece with the kind of, it's gone from the iconic towers to the distinctive arch. And I think you just ask any foreign player how much it means to them to play at Wembley. And I think you start to get a feel again as to what I mentioned with Wimbledon, how much it kind of cuts through across the world. And 
when you look at what it's hosted and where how it's considered in the kind of the international footballing community, it's obviously hosted multiple Champions League and European Cup finals. And then this summer, or what should have been this summer, Euro 2020, now 2021, so I think it's pretty telling that it got the semi, both semis and the final in the continental-wide competition. I'll finish with a quote from Pelé. He said that Wembley is the cathedral of football, it is the capital of football, and it is the heart of football. I'm not going to argue with Pelé. Yeah, I was going to say, it's if, if there's one person I'm not going to argue with, it's Pelé, that's for sure. Um Okay. Okay. I'm very intrigued because I'm, I'm pretty sure based on Callum's reaction that uh, he's not got Wembley in gold. So I mean, that would be correct. Callum, hit me with your gold and let's see where we end up after that. Um, my gold might make your bronze choice slightly easier. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but then again, it might make it much more difficult because I've gone with St. Andrews. In the whole of sport... I thought you were going to go Madison Square Garden because I was tempted. I almost had Madison Square Garden, but it's for for me sort of a a multi-sport venue. I I don't really associate it with one sport, so I didn't. I couldn't put it in for that reason. Um, Yeah, St Andrews. I mean, obviously, we're talking about the old course here. It's one of the oldest courses in the world, established in fifteen fifty two. It's the only one on the open golf circuit, you know, in terms of the open championship, which hosts every five years as opposed to every 10 years. Every other course on the uh, calendar hosts the open every 10 years. St Andrews is so prestigious, it holds it every uh, five years. It was due to be held there next year for the 150th uh, iteration of the open, but because of COVID-19, they've bumped everything back one year. So St. Andrews will now host the 151st Open in 2022. In the same way that Augusta has the 12th, St. Andrews has the 1st, the 18th, the 17th, the road hole. You know, as as many iconic shots at Augusta as there are at St. Andrews, it's revered in much the same way around the golf world as Wembley is in the footballing world you know Tiger Woods said after he won there in 2000 bear in mind this was after he'd won at the Masters he said it may be years before I fully appreciate it but I'm inclined to believe that winning at the Open at the home of golf is the ultimate achievement in sport Jack Nicklaus said if you're going to be a player people will remember you have to win the Open at St Andrews iconic moments like Seve and his winning birdie putt you know pumping his fist which later became his sort of silhouette and logo you know, he described that as the happiest moment of his life, his moment of glory. In the same way that the Monaco Grand Prix circuit is open to the public, anyone can play St Andrews. If you want to go and recreate your favourite players' favourite shots or your favourite players' most iconic shots or put yourself in, in the bunker up against the face of the road hole bunker and try and get out of there, you can do that. You can go to St Andrews and you can play it and you can walk across the Swilkham Bridge. The first hole... Good luck missing the fairway because it's 200 yards wide. It, for me, it's... Oh, I would find a way to miss that. <laughs> One of the, you know, everyone has a, a list of things that they would like to do, a bucket list. And, you know, Sam, you mentioned that yours would be to play Augusta and, you know, playing Augusta would be on mine as well, as unrealistic as it is. But playing St. Andrews is not only on there, it's higher than playing Augusta. 
and it's doable as well which you know for me puts it right at the top of the sort of thing um iconic sporting venues because you've got so many things that have happened there over the years since its inception in the mid 1500s I, I don't think you can look anywhere else really i don't disagree with anything you said and this is the thing is that like when i was going through the venue after stadium after arena i was just like realized how many incredible places there are for sport in the world but i kind of i took this from a global point of view and i thought what what's going to cut through for sports fans around the world what is the most iconic sports venue sports stadium in the world and i just can't see the global appeal for st andrews firstly there's been been two iterations of wembley as you as you alluded to and you know the fa cup moved to cardiff for 10 years and the playoff final moved to cardiff for 10 years or whatever it was and you know football didn't miss a beat Football did not miss a beat with, you know, Wembley not being there. Whereas I think if you took Monaco out of the F1 circuit, if you took Wimbledon out of the tennis circuit, if you took St Andrews out of the golf circuit for 10 years, people would be more angry about that than they were about Wembley not being there for 10 years. I think England's golden generation and Svengor and Ericsson in particular would argue that something did was missing by... <laughs> Uh, some, something was missing with not them, to... but that was that was more the quality and conviction in the knockout stages of tournaments. How many global sports fans around the world would go? Yes, and Andrews, the most iconic sporting venue in the world, uh, arguably a minority sport. It's the home. You of see golf. where I'm I mean, getting. You, you see know, where I, I'm I know getting. What at, you're get, I know what you're getting at with the you know golf's not one of the sports that would immediately come to mind, and so on and so forth. But at the same time, I think you'd have people who would rather play i mean and and it's the same with augusta you'd be you'd be pretty split down the middle for golf fans would rather play at augusta or at st andrews but i think you'd find a lot of football fans as well who would rather play at you know the new camp or their their team stadium or the maracana than than going to wembley to play i did think that when it comes to football you know like new camp you know, Bernabeu, Maracanã, they're all up there for iconic venues. But I just felt that there was a historically, there was a historic importance to Wembley. And the fact that it actually has had two iterations means that kind of you've got a certain generation of sports and football fans, and then you've got the next generation, and they both have that same affiliation with the same venue. And I guess the issue I have with St Andrews is it's arguably a peripheral sport in a peripheral country, which wouldn't necessarily have that but even for i i understand what you're saying for you know the majority of people you know you wouldn't think you wouldn't think twice if scotland was sort of if, if you looked at a map and scotland wasn't there you wouldn't think twice but for um for fans of golf literally the epicenter of golf that's that's where it comes from and everything stems from st andrews and so it, it so, essentially comes I, down to, it, it, it comes down to whether I think you when think. you just boil it down, I would struggle to argue that St Andrews is the greatest sporting stadium slash venue in the world across all sports across the entire planet. Well, I'd find well, that difficult to justify. Luckily for you, Rob, it's not your but decision to make. But I don't have to. Make. to. You uh, do, unluckily. Sam. For me, it's my decision to make. Do you remember at the start when you guys said you really didn't enjoy the prep for this? Yeah, I'm yeah, really, I'm really not enjoying the decision. So, 
Callum, when you were teasing it before your goals and you said, well, if you if you liked Augusta at bronze, I was like, oh my God, he's going to put Augusta in gold. And then I go, Augusta, Wimbledon, Monaco Grand Prix. There's your perfect podium. Bosh, we're out of here. We're, we're done. Instead, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed with... I'm disappointed with both the goals. I'm just going to go out and say it. I'm going to be brutally honest. I, there's something about both of them that just doesn't quite have it for me. And I don't know what it is. And I think what we've, with St. Andrews, it kind of comes back to what we were talking about, the reverse of what we we're talking about with the Monaco Grand Prix, Rob, because you were saying like for sort of quite general racing fans, the Monaco Grand Prix is the one, but for your hardcore fans, it's Spa or or, or one of the sort of not as interesting, but more historic um circuits and and Callum you've kind of done that with St Andrews in that you've picked the historic course but I just don't, I don't think it cuts through globally like Augusta does I don't think in in sort of modern I, I would disagree entirely I don't know when you said St Andrews like obviously it's an inc- it's an incredible golf course but I just it just fell at the boat, both. And I'll, I'll say, Rob, as well, you're not getting off scot-free either because Wembley fell flat as a gold. <laughs> um, this is this is really, really, really tough because it really, it's a vicious circle and I'm not quite sure how to get out of it. Is You've both picked a golf course, right? So I, I, I kind of feel like I want a golf course to be in there. Personally, I want Augusta to be in there over St. Andrews, but I don't really want Wembley in gold. And I also want the Monaco Grand Prix to be on the podium. So you can now see where I'm at and how this doesn't mathematically add up. Um, this is, this episode's broken me a little bit, if I'm honest. It's broken me. Um, yeah. I'm going to... Imagine a week of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's... <sighs> the, the, one that's the one that really stands out to me is, is gold is I'm going to have Wembley. And I, I don't... Take these three points with a pinch of salt, Rob, because I'm not happy about it. Um, but I, I do think on a, on a sort of global... I'll take them salty or sweet, Sam. I don't care. <laughs> on, a, on a global, most iconic sports stadium or venue, I just think Wembley comes in higher than St. Andrews. Um, I, I don't believe it's it's worthy of gold, but it's in gold, and I'm going to have to live with that. Bronze, I literally don't know where to go. I mean... Uh, I, do you know what? I said, because there's two golf courses picked, I think I'm going to have to go for a golf course. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to go for Augusta. Augusta, like I've got Wimbledon, Wembley. This is, a, this is a classic. Callum's been slightly jibbed by the, the way the answers have fall, fallen. Monaco Grand Prix should be on that podium as far as I'm concerned, but so should Augusta. And I'm not happy with how this has gone, but it is gold Wembley, silver Wimbledon, bronze Augusta. Those are the most iconic sports stadium or venue of all time. Oh, jeez. Oh, dear. I, I, oh, that physically hurt you It then. really, I really did. I, I, I'm sort of quite, like, when I actually look at them, I think, yeah, that's not a bad list, but something about the way that that fell just feels underwhelming. It feels underwhelming. I don't know what the, what the listeners think. They might absolutely kill you two. They might kill me for my choices. We'll, we'll find out in the, in the coming weeks. Let week. us know, though. Yeah, do do let us know because I feel like I feel like this one has the potential to uh, really sort of get listeners up. Um, right, what does that do to the scores? I guess is well, Rob, that's a six pointer for you. So it's a uh, that's a big boost to your retention hopes. Twenty one points now you're on. I'm still on seventeen. Callum gets the two points for Wimbledon, so up to thirteen. But if my maths is correct. The, the, the title chance has gone for Callum. 
the title chance has gone. Oh, is that is that the three sports rankers uh, mascot I can see there, Rob? Lola has arrived. Lola has arrived. Just She's yeah, come for oh, um, emotional support, Callum. Let's not forget. Listeners, bonus points. I forgot about listeners, bonus points. Callum, the dream is still alive. I take back what I just said. The dream is still alive. The people's champion. And as we know, guys, do it. I historically never get a single listener bonus point, so the dream is very much alive. <laughs> and what, <laughs> this we, is true. what we need what we need now is for a good performance from me next week in your topic. Well, in your topic that you're hosting, which was given to you by the listeners, Rob. Yes indeed. What a segue. I was Callum. gonna say, absolutely My... flawless that. <laughs> do you know it's better when you don't so... mention it? <laughs> <laughs> We're just very surprised, mate. It doesn't happen very often. Yeah, I can't guarantee I'll edit that out either. So my topic for next week for you two is a listener topic of which maybe one of you can remind me who sent it in. Uh, it's going to be sport. Congratulations on Nick on getting uh, back-to-back listener topics selected oh, for the podcast. Oh, there you go. Well. Maybe we should commission him to come up with the topics. Yeah, can we can we hire time. him as sort of a creative mind because uh, we're doing listener topics because we're running out of ideas. So let's get Nick on board. It's sporting scandals. Yeah, we're going to go for for sporting scandals. Oh, I like that. Uh, partly because I want no part in this whatsoever, and I can tell you now that I will be choosing these uh, this podium with zero explanation. So, Callum, let's make this as difficult. So, for I will show as no possible. opinion whatsoever. <laughs> okay, so what what we do next week is literally just say our answers and then don't give an argument and make Rob give an opinion on them. Yes, yes, <laughs> that is. It's going to be our shortest podcast so far, clocking in at just over six minutes. Nottingham Forest's behaviour midweek was pretty scandalous, but I'm not sure it will quite make my final three. So, I mean, um, you can put it in I, there if you want, mate. No, I don't. I don't think I will. I don't think I will. Um, boys, that was a. I, was it a fun podcast? I'm not quite sure. I, I, I think it probably is going to come across as quite a good listen. I don't know if I've had fun. Uh, well, we but... didn't have fun preparing it, and you didn't have fun <laughs> judging it. So There we go. A lack of fun all round. That's exactly what you get with the Three Sports Rankers podcast. But if you've enjoyed this complete lack of fun, do, uh, do subscribe to us. Do check us out on all good podcasting platforms, and do check us out on social media as well. Three Sports Rankers on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We'll, we'll always say as well, please leave us a review on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts. It helps us massively. Uh, so if you can, please do. Um, but other than that, have a good week. And we will see you next week for Sporting Scandals. Sporting Scandals.